Yomina-san, it's Manga Sensei. This episode is brought to you directly from our weekly question and answer. So if you aren't getting our weekly question and answers or you want to submit a question and answer for that, go to manga-sensei.com slash info and submit there. Until then, see you later. Jane. So this week for questions, we had a lot of questions asking a lot about study hacks. A lot of people, whoa, we're just going to go in space there. Um, a lot of people asking about study hacks, how to do certain things in Japanese. Um, a lot of people also wanted to know, like I got my cheat sheet here, um, difference between certain words they hear often in Japanese. Um, we had a lot of um, simple mistakes when we talked to people about their Japanese and what they wanted to know certain words meant over certain other words and why certain people do um, find one word better to use than another. So we're going to go over that a little bit today um, as we talk about this topic. So the first one I wanted to talk about was the word goodbye. That seemed to be the most common, particularly with uh, younger language learners, people that were just starting with their Japanese career, um, knowing the difference between jane, matane, uh, sayonara, and saraba. So people use saraba, which is really interesting to me. That's more like an adieu. That's a farewell forever kind of a thing you're going to say dramatically when you die on anime kind of thing. Um, so... Matane and jane are kind of more like a see you later, uh, catch you later. That's going to be more a lot more common. You're going to hear sayonara. Sayonara is like a goodbye, and it's going to be a goodbye at least for a good long period of time. Uh, one of my favorite books with Japanese is a book called Different Games by Haru Yamada. And he talks actually about uh, different games, different rules um, by Haru Yamada. And he talks a lot about... If you don't know what this book is, you should definitely check it out. talks about how... Uh, people make mistakes by saying this to people, um, telling them sayonara, like you're never going to see them again, and it breaks off like business deals because people don't expect you to ever be able to come back, which is a big deal. So knowing the difference between that. Um, a couple of people commented also on like the word futoi, uh, which means to be fat. Often when you go to Japan, um, people make comments about your weight or your height or your nose or something like that, and they're not trying to be rude. This is kind of a big surprise with foreigners when they go over there, <laughs> um, being told, "Hey, you're heavy," or "Hey, whatever." And it's it's uh, it's not that at all. There's it's they're not shaming you. They're not trying to get on your nerves. They're not trying to um, critique you by any means. You're still making a statement about your size. You'll say if you get bigger or heavier. This is fairly common in many Asian cultures. I had the opportunity to live in Korea for a couple of years. Um, it's the same kind of thing there, um, except they'll poke you in Korea. My wife had that <laughs> happen. Um, but learning the, so the differences between those words, a good way to learn some of these differences and how things are used would be to, um, we're working on a verb, our verb kanji, we're also working on our dictionary. Your dictionary will help a lot with that. However, on the flip side, if you're looking for something like that to look really deep to the depth, there's a, there's a website called Lingui. I'll hook it up here in the comments for y'all so y'all know what it looks like. And linkui.com is great for um, seeing words in context and seeing how words go in a sense. They're usually more advanced words, but you can use it a lot for almost any word and see where get a whole bunch of example sentences. And I think it's a lot better than Tatueba. Tatueba is done with a whole bunch of amateurs, and that's not a bad thing, but if you're trying to get accurate pronunciation, accurate uh, description of how things work, you want something like Linkui, I think, in my opinion. The next one that we had was study hacks. This was... This is an interesting one. I've talked about this about once or twice on our podcast before. 
over the past four months. And this is something that people always want. They always want Japanese to be easier. They always want Japanese to be simpler to understand. They always want Japanese to just find this hack and you can get it, you can understand it. Well, that's not how it is. I hate, I, <laughs> I don't want to be angry at people for asking me this question. And I do have some tips that I think make Japanese learning easier, particularly with all of the bad uh, textbooks out there and all of the bad um, media out there for learning Japanese and all of the really poorly taught websites for studying Japanese, particularly early on. So what I would recommend is a couple of things, and then I'll give you my opinion on language hacks, I guess. So the first one that I recommend is somewhat counterintuitive, but it's probably one of the biggest things that have helped me. I, there's, there's two things, big things that have helped me. The first one is once you learn hiragana and katakana, start writing your words not in those language, not in those alphabets, but write them in Romanized format. I'll give you an example of this, okay? So if you learn the word, I don't know, chabin, which means teapot. I see a teapot here, I you know, here, and I think teapot. So, excuse me. Ha! <laughs> Got a little bit of a cold, guys, sorry. But chabin. So instead of writing that cha bin. I would write it in English format. I would use the Romanized letters. So I would write C-H-A-B-I-N. And I would put that down as my vocabulary word. I would write that down for how I wanted to study something. I don't want... Your, your native English speakers are people that have learned basically any country that had uses a Romanized format, so like not Korea or China or Thailand or any places particularly like Asia or in the Middle East where they have a completely different alphabet, which is wonderful. Um, but people that have had a language taught to them their whole life where they've used these Romanized letters, it's going to give you an advantage to be able to front load, or front load means to be able to take on a whole bunch of vocab words at one time. More vocabulary words initially through Romanized format. If you take a little bit longer to read, that's okay. As long as you know the alphabet, can use it and read the words that way, that's awesome. Practice reading. I definitely, I have my tips here. It's practice reading. But when you first start learning the language, or even now, I have been learning Japanese for almost eight years. I, I work at a Japanese patent translation office. I have translated, I've, I've interpreted, I have, I have translated for thousands of people, thousands of people. I have worked on everything from tourism to helping people get uh, transcripts to uh, translating for national monuments in Japan. And one of the things that I do that really helps my Japanese pick up in that short amount of time that I've studied Japanese was taking your vocabulary words and writing them down Romanized format because your brain is trained to use those Romanized words and front load them so I can get more vocab faster than somebody who's always writing it in hiragana and katakana. I have an advantage over you. The next one that I recommend doing is also so a, it, more intuitive than that, but it's also a little bit more difficult. Intubate your life with Japanese. Turn your phone into Japanese. Turn your computer into Japanese. You may not understand everything. That's the idea. You want to be confused and you want to be challenged. Japanese is not an easy language. It's not. Um, but it's not as hard as people make it out to be. And if you cover your life in Japanese, 
you will start learning it. You may not know the symbol, but you can know what that symbol means. You may not know what this button does, but you can figure it out. When you go to Japan for your first time, you're not going to know diddly squat. You're going to go to Japan, and everyone's going to look really strange, and the belly should be really tall if you're from like where I am from Nebraska. When I went to Japan for the first time, I went to Nagoya, and I went to the big train station. Everything was huge, and it was really confusing. But you want to overwhelm yourself in a sense. Get all that Japanese. You're not going to learn until you start forcing it almost down your throat. You want to. You there's there comes a point where you say, "I'm actually going to learn this language," and you cover everything in Japanese. Start reading Japanese books. Start. I sometimes in classes take my notes in Japanese. I found a job job speaking Japanese. Now everybody doesn't have the opportunity to speak their Japanese at their job, but you can listen to Japanese music. You can turn your phone into Japanese. You can find a Japanese book that you can start reading when you go home instead of the normal book that you read. You can turn on Japanese subtitles on the television show that you're watching. You can turn on Japanese voiceover and do English subtitles for everything you're watching. You might be doing it anyway if you're watching subs. Like, if you're going to kiss anime, you might as well put it on subs instead of dubs. Every part of your life has an opportunity to be able to put Japanese into your life somehow. Find that and start forcing it down your throat. I know it sounds really, really harsh, but that's the way that you're going to be able to put yourself in a situation where you can learn that Japanese better. If you have the opportunity, go to Japan. That's the best way to do it. Go to Japan, find Japanese people to talk to. Don't be creepy, but just, <laughs> just go to Japan if you can get the opportunity to. There's a lot of opportunities, and I'll talk about that maybe next episode if, you have, if people are interested. Um, the next thing I really wanted to talk about for... Uh, oh yeah, one more language hack. If you are a follower of the podcast, which I believe most of you are, is I believe solidly making mistakes. That's one of my big corners of the Manga Sensei podcast, is to help people make mistakes and not be ashamed of them. One thing I always get ticked about, along with people thinking they can hack a language and learn it in two days, is this idea that it's basically how universities teach Japanese. That you have to learn this language and you have to learn it in such a way that if you make a mistake, you're wrong. Well, you're not wrong. J language is constantly, constantly evolving. You, there are ways to speak Japanese, of course, correctly and incorrectly, grammatically speaking, but as long as you're communicating, you're fulfilling the purpose of language. So... I believe in teaching people principles, teaching people how to study the language, teaching people grammar points of the language, giving them examples to show them, and then, make, and then encouraging them to go out and try it. If you have a Japanese friend right now and you are, you've been friends with them for a while, they speak lovely English, or you're using Google Translate and it magically works for you because it doesn't actually work because... I just did a research paper on how bad machine translation is in this country, in this world. But you need to make mistakes. That's how you learn. <clears throat> College and school and textbooks and juku and all these places teach you not to make mistakes. Don't make a mistake. Get it right the first time. That's all good and dandy, but it's screwing with your Japanese. 
And anybody who says otherwise is stupid, and I will fight you. <laughs> I, I, I challenge anybody to prove me wrong. If you have, speak a second language, tell me how sus not making mistakes is going to actually improve your language, especially with people trying to learn a difficult language like Japanese, and they don't have the courage to actually go out and speak it because they're afraid that they're going to screw it up. This is the way that you learn it. It's by making mistakes. And I want to encourage people to make mistakes. I say every single podcast, In order to become fluent, you have to make mis- you become fluent after 10,000 mistakes. Therefore, let's make mistakes. で、the last thing people really wanted me to touch on this week, I don't want to be too long of a thing because I'm also recording this for the daily podcast, is, uh, <laughs> I feel sorry for everyone on the podcast because they already had to deal with this, is dealing with um, adverbs. And this was something I thought very interesting because we talked about adjectives last week. People really wanted to uh, understand exactly how adverbs worked. Um, this, this is a very easy conversation if you understand already how adjectives work. Adjectives are going to go right before your uh, noun. There's going to be two types, e-adjectives and not-adjectives. We talked about the last pot, um, weekly podcast for questions. You can check that out last week or just go to Manga Sensei on here on Facebook or wherever you're following us and you can check out um, the episode that we did on how to conjugate and how adjectives work. They basically just modify or describe a noun. Adverbs, on the other hand, are basically adjectives that have a suffix put on them. They get modified slightly, and they get put in front of a verb. A good way of describing this is using not adjective, atana, and using the adverb, not the adverb, sorry, atana and atarashi are a good example there, but using hayai, um, the verb for, the adjective for quick, so a quick person, a quick cat, a quick theujigi, and then using Hayaku, uh, which is to be quick, with like a verb, I run quickly. Um, and what you do here in this case is for e adjectives, e adjectives are anything ending with the romanized letters ai, ii, ui, and oi. Not ei. We're not going to do ei, that's a not adjective. Okay? So ai, ii, ui, oi. Those are e adjectives. You cut off the last i, <coughs> and then you put on ku. It's that simple. That becomes an adverb that modifies a verb. So I could say, this hayaku hashiru. Excuse me. And I could keep doing that with any adjective that I want as long as it's an e adjective. I could say, atarashiku katta. I bought, I bought a new, I newly bought one. It technically works in Japanese actually, it's kind of funny. <coughs> Sorry. Get all fluffy here because my my cold's killing me. But it's being able to be able to take off that I at the end and adding the coup. Excuse me, I'm blowing my nose again. <coughs> Excuse me, everybody. This cold is killing me. So going through there. And then with not adjectives, so anything with ei or anything that is not organized with that ii with the i at the end, is a not adjective. So like atana, genkina, shizukana, uh, 
you take that na at the end that's part of that keodoshi, that adjective, that adverb, sorry, and then you're replacing that na with the particle ni. So if I wanted to say, for example, um, to write quietly, I would put it as shizuka ni aruiteita. I walked quietly. And I could hear that with the same context there. So I could say, um, for, exa for example, uh, dr drink quickly, hayaku nonda. I could also I could also say drink slowly, osoku nonda. I could, so I drink quickly, I drink fat, fast. I'm just looking at my teapots up here. I have another teapot off the screen you can't see, so I keep looking at these teapots that I have all over the house. My wife collects teapots. Um, you know, all three different countries are really cool. This is, tai this is Taiwan. We have a Japanese one over here somewhere. We have and we have ones. Um, but so you want you want to you want to use e you just replace ku and then with uh, na adjectives you want to replace the na with the ni. So you want to move it from that direction over. So you want to move it from na to ni, and you want to move e to ku, and you can add that and put it directly in front of a na of advert. And a verb, and it becomes an adverb. That simple. Okay. You can also use it in the sense by itself, because Japanese is unique like that. So you can add things in them by themselves. Or with that, I will sign off. Um, if you want to submit a question for the weekly manga sensei uh, question and answer, um, go to our website at manga-sensei/info. Put it in the contact page there, or you can send us a Facebook message here, a message on Instagram, where a lot of these messages are coming through. I didn't get to talk about one of the questions that I got this week. I'm so sorry. Um, talking about the difference of the JLPT levels and the grade levels. I'll talk to you a little bit about that next week. Uh, make sure to hit us up on all of those. We'll try our very best to answer as many questions as we can next week. Hopefully next week I will have a cold. Ah! And I'll see you later. Until then, Johnny.